You're listening to the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast. We hope this message speaks to you and encourages you. You can find more messages by searching Catalyst Church of Carrollton on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learn more at IamCatalyst.net. How y'all doing out there? Y'all good? I love our band. Y'all love our band? All the faithful people. Our tech team back there making our, our front line, our cat of kids. Everybody's just rolling. It's a beautiful thing to see. Um, if you are in person or online, we welcome you again. Welcome you in, per, in person because I get to see your beautifulness. Y'all, y'all got to just look at me. I'm sorry. But if you are a Catafam in person or online quarantine, Catafam, I know we got a lot of COVID going around. I want you to know you are loved. And if you haven't already, I know we forgot to mention it. Go ahead, share the video. Let's reach some people together. Let's not just grow together. Let's reach some people together. Tell somebody, say, let's reach them. Say it like you mean it. Say, let's reach them. So you can go ahead, share the video on Facebook live. If the message speaks to you later in the week, you can share it again. Or later this evening when we do our 5 p.m. rebroadcast, you can do that. But we're about to jump into this thing. Will you stand with me? Y'all know I'm for real. I got my two pad folios. Y'all know I'm for real. Tell somebody say he's for real. I'm a little extra, but I'm for real. All right. So uh, here's the thing. I told y'all what I said about 2022. Better shots, better moves. Say it with me. Say it all together. Say better shots. Better moves. Say it again. Say better shots. Better moves. We started Catalyst. We're all about moving. Well, I've realized moving's great, but you got to make better moves or you're never going to mature and do anything much better than what you're doing. Say better shots. Better Better moves. One more time. Better shots. Better Better moves. Say this three words with me. Say shift Shift. your Your hunger. hunger. One more time. Say shift Shift. your hunger. Hunger. That's what we're digging in. Lord, I just th- Lord, we are seeking you with all we got. We are seeking you with all we got. We're coming after you, and I ask you, Lord, to help us shift the things in our life that need to shift now. Help us learn what to do, the moves to make better shots, better moves, Lord, because you are worth it. You are worth it, and we celebrate that in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you give God a round of praise? Go ahead, you can be seated. We're doing the hard things, making the hard calls, having the hard conversations, and that is what we're going to do. Matter of fact, can you make that a little bit stronger? Can you give them a little bit more round of praise? God is good. COVID may not be good. Your boss may not be good. Your husband may not be good. You don't have to say that sitting beside him, but I'm telling you, he is good. And he's got some good, good plans. And I want to talk to you about shifting your hunger. So what, what are you hungry for? Ask in your heart, what, what's your hunger look like? Go ahead. I could keep naming stuff all day. What are you hungry for? Companionship, respect, success, money, uh, uh, approval, acceptance, to be significant. I could keep going all those things and they probably all work around the same thing. We want to feel worthy and valuable. What is your hunger look like? What are you hungry for? Because here's the thing about that. Your hunger will show you what's unhealthy in your life. I'm going to say that again. Your hunger will show you what's unhealthy in your life if you actually want to see it and be honest and admit it. Every one of us got some things that are unhealthy in our life that we need to deal with now, not just one day, today. And your hunger, your hunger will show you what's unhealthy in your life. And here's the thing, when you really want to be honest and get heartbroken because finding the things that you need to shift, because I don't care how good you are, you got some things you need to shift in your life, some hunger you need to shift. You need to quit wanting it so bad. You need to quit wanting some of it at all all together. 
And here's the gospel. When you're ready to really look in the mirror, no matter how many years of pain and mistakes you got to look at, I want you to know when you're ready to do it, here's the gospel. You can shift your hunger. Say that with me. Say shift your hunger. You can shift your hunger if you want to. So my daddy, back in middle school, my dad did this to me. He did this crazy thing. We're going to leave the way he said it back in the late 90s because it was that explicit. And um, my daddy was a little crazy. He's like me on crack. I don't mean on crack. I just mean he was up. You think I'm bad? Just be thankful. Daddy, I wouldn't let him on the stage. He could yell from back there. But in middle school, daddy made this move and it was the right move. Regardless of how he handled it, I'm so thankful. See, I had started medications to get me off Tourette's. Or get, get, well, to get my Tourette's managed. I was ticking everywhere all over the place. I was going to hurt myself, you know? It was pretty bad. And, um, and he told me one summer, we're out of school, and he straight tells me, he says, Popo, and he didn't say it this nicely, but he said, you are not allowed to drink a regular soda all summer. Period. I'm going to tell you, he said, you better not drink one. You better drink diet sodas. I don't even care. And he said, if you do, bleep, 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 late 90s, we won't go back there. And uh, that summer, you know, I didn't play with daddy. Matter of fact, if he was standing right here today, I probably wouldn't play with him. Like, they didn't play. That summer, I did not drink a regular soda. I drank that summer, I, and I was putting on weight like crazy. It was the right call. I was on medications. I put on like 45 pounds in three months, and I was a middle schooler. Like, I was putting it on. It took me years and years to lose it, and I'm still a little chubby because of it. Saved my life, him doing that, because I, I, I basically developed a taste for diet sodas in middle school that to this day, I don't like drinking regular sodas, and I don't even like watching people drink them, because it's like drinking syrup to me. It's literally like, it gives me a headache. Even Sprite and ginger, I'm like, I need the diet stuff. And some of you are like, well, you know, I've heard diet sodas, or I've heard diet sodas are, uh, uh, are worse. Be quiet, maybe your situation. The way I drink, Way I drink, if I'd have spent the last 24 years or so drinking regular sodas, I would be 800 pounds and have diabetes. Period. Period. I shifted my thirst, and that day and all these years later, I'm looking for the diet soda, and it saved me a lot of heartache. And I learned to, that summer, I learned that I could shift my thirst, that I could develop some new things that would be better for me in the long run. And I want you to know this the things that you hunger for in life, that are unhealthy, the things that are not of God, you can shift your hunger towards the things that are of him. You can. You don't have to keep craving crap. You don't have to keep being addicted to adversity and bad decisions and bad relationships. You don't have to keep repeating the same stuff that, that, that your cravings are setting you up for in life. You don't have to keep living disappointed and doing dumb stuff because you don't even realize it's a sabotage. You don't have to. You can say it with me, shift. Your hunger. You can shift your hunger. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Here's the thing. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness does not happen accidentally. It happens intentionally. Say it with me. Better shots, better moves. Better shots, better moves. You want to start being hungry for the things that are healthy and the things that that fill your tank instead of deplete them. Say it with me. Say, shift your hunger. <clears throat> and I'm about to say a word that some people, you're going to freak out. And the rest of you are going to say, what's that? Stay with me. Online, don't you dare check out. Don't y'all ADD people check out on me. Y'all ready for it? It's going to scare some of you. You're going to be like, what is it? I'm going to get you excited about it. 
because it's worth being excited about. Y'all ready? Fasting. Fast. Oh, my, my people that like to eat are just like, oh, snap, I should have missed church today. My skinny people that got a good metabolism and I don't like you because you can eat and not gain weight. You're like, I said we should have slept in. It was cold outside, baby. <laughs> oh, I got something. You want that worship that costs you, not just what your neighbor thinks about you, what we do in here. You want that worship to really change your life? Say it with me. Say fasting. fasting. Detox. Shift your hunger because it'll do it in your life. And I know there's some people like, what is he talking about? Because I have been negligent in five years and I know it. So I'm going to give you the Ben definition. Ben dictionary of fasting. I worked this all week because I, I suck at writing. Y'all ready? Here we go. The Ben definition of fasting, for all my people that don't know what it is, is this. Abstaining from food, drink, things you enjoy, uh, invest a lot of time in to create space for him to shift your hunger, to detox. All my people that aren't like you've been scrolling, you, you get on the toilet, you, get on, you eat dinner, you just scrolling. So social media, you need to detox. Some people that you got, you got screen time. My kid, if I let Garrett, he play video games all day for a living and not sleep. You got to shift. Some of you, you know you were foodies. We're all foodies. You need to shift your hunger because you got to create some space. If you don't begin sometimes to be able to shift your hunger where you are more hungry for the things of God, you've got to create some space where you're hungry for the things that you don't need to be as hungry for anymore. And when you do that, y'all, it will change your life. I know a lot of people have made fasting look bad. I'm about to make it sexy again because it always was and it always will be tell somebody say shift your hunger shift your hunger you want to be hungry you want to hunger and thirst for righteousness because Jesus said you'll be filled and you'll actually not live a life trying to prove yourself to everybody and you want to have the peace and presence of God shift your hunger it's that worship that costs you. It's that intentionality. It's better shots, better moves. We've grown a lot as a church. Our people grown. It's time to make the shots that are not easy, the ones that take effort. Shift your hunger. And sometimes you got to do it. And, and I'm going to show you what it looks like in 2021 too because it does. It looks a lot different now, but it's really not different. It's really not different. 2014, I went on a major fast, 10 months. And, and for some people, they're like, oh, that ain't nothing to it. What was for me? In 2014, I, um, every, on sundown, on Sundays, all the way till Tuesday, sun up. And sometimes when I got deep into this thing, I would go all day Tuesday. I did not eat anything. I would drink water and I hate water. So I would put some sugar-free drink mix in it. This is what I do. I hate water. I can only preach and it keeps me wet, but that's it. 10 months. 10 months, every, every week, like clockwork, I, I did. And I would use that time, I would be at Walmart sitting in the parking lot an hour before I need to be there praying. I would lunch breaks, I'll talk about in a minute. I would hide in the corner of Subway, have my earphones on, face in the corner like I was in timeout to let everybody know that you better be in an emergency because this is my time. I didn't do it for a condition. A lot of churches do fast and they seek God for something. I didn't do it for something, I did it for him. I want to be close to him. I wanted to be closer to him. I wanted to connect with him because it was a time in my life I was single. I had a lot going on and I knew that I needed his presence more. That's why I did it for him, not for what he could do for him. I didn't do it for the benefits, but here's the thing. Better shots get you better results. You do the right things for the right reasons. Good things happen. Results happen. And it did that for me. I'm gonna tell you three things that changed my life 
that happened to me in that 10 months. It didn't happen on day one, week one, week two. It's that hard stuff. See, we can raise our hands. We can give a check to somebody. We can, we can, we can, we can say, praise Jesus. We can, we can read the Bible. But when it comes to the things that the Bible scripture says, you want to take it seriously? You, you want to get in a season that you need to shift some things? This is the hard shots. And I got in, not week one, not week two, over that 10 months. Number one is God specifically spoke to me, impressed on my heart that I would not be the next lead pastor at Christ Fellowship Church where I was serving as, associate, as an associate. That we would plant a church, that we would start a church. This was almost three years before Christ Fellowship because of financial issues would shut its doors. It would not affect my faithfulness there, but God was preparing me. It scared the crap out of me because if you knew me in 2014, I'm a different person now. Different person. It scared me. I remember telling Angel, we started dating. I remember saying, baby, this is what God's putting on my heart. We can't tell anybody. Here's what it is. And she honestly left the date early that day. Anybody knows anybody about church playing? You're like, shoot, I would have I left you too. God said, hey, this is what's going to happen. Two, from fifth grade to almost 29 years old, I struck out dating. When I say I struck out, I was the eternal friends on Ryan Reynolds in that movie, Just Friends. Ain't got nothing on me. I didn't get, I'm telling you, nobody, everybody want to be friends. Oh, we love Ben. He's cool. He's cute. He's cool. He's funny. He's... <laughs> Never got anything. I started dating this girl named Angie Barnes, who you know her as Angie Bonner. And all I can say is on the worst day, the worst season of our life together, the only scripture I can think of is exceedingly abundantly more than I could ask or imagine. That happened. Fifth grade, I didn't do it for that. Right reasons, right moves, results. It's just the way it works. You do it, for the, you do it for the benefits, you don't get the benefits because God knows your heart better than you do. Three, three, God gave me this supernatural just strength in that season, this energy. All I can tell you is the old church that I was at, I would duck when I would preach and I'd have to preach regularly because there was a lot of health issues among leadership, a lot of tragedy, trauma type thing. I would double the crowds when I preached. And there was a few times I doubled the offering. They made a lot more money than us. And um, it's just this supernatural energy and just this peace that happened in my life when nothing peaceful was going on around me. That church was, that church was beginning to crumble. The, the culture was catching up with it. It was a struggle. And God gave me this peace. And do you know how it came? Shifting my hunger. Shifting my hunger. So then what happens? <laughs> I get married. I get happy, get heavy, get busy, get hungry. Start catalyst, get ridiculous busy, ridiculously busy. Angie and I fasted one day <laughs> right after we got married. But we fasted. We, 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 the next day, we, we, we decided to eat something. All I can tell you is on the way to town, I said, baby, I need you to pull over right now. I went to, uh, let's just say I feel terrible for the person that was cleaning the bathrooms in Publix that day. And if they're watching it and they're like, I remember that, listen to me, I am sorry. I am not the devil, but the devil definitely came out of me that day. For sure. I told Angie, I got in the car, I said, I'm embarrassed. What happened to me? I turned into a freaking baby. I did this for 10 months straight, and now I can't do it for a day, and I get sick. What is up? All I can tell you is I'm still receiving insights and strength from a fast that happened all those years ago. He began to develop a confidence and a clarity in me of the person, the pastor that I was created to be. And I'm still growing in it. 
But he started that in 2014 when I did the hard things. I made the good, I made the hard shots or took the hard shots. Fasting, I'm telling you. You want to start taking him seriously? We've grown as a church. We've really taken the word seriously and what God says seriously. You want to really grow? Shift your hunger. Shift your hunger. It's the only way to start hungering for things that are healthy and not being consumed by things that aren't. Say it with me. Say shift your hunger. And I want to apologize before I jump into this thing. I'm sorry that for five years, I've not only neglected to teach and preach on this, but I've neglected to practice it. But in the words of the Apostle Paul, we will do so no longer. Say somebody, say shift, my, shift your hunger. Shift your hunger. I want to share with you what happens as you shift your hunger in your life. That's what I want to do the rest of the message. And hey, best place to start is where I've been talking about strength happens as you shift your hunger. Strength happens as you shift your hunger. No better place to go than Jesus. Matthew chapter 4, he is, um, he's gotten baptized and uh, Jesus got baptized. He's about to start his ministry, the three-year ministry that ended at the cross. And well, I know it ended at empty grave. Matthew chapter four, this is what it says. Then the spirit, excuse me, then Jesus was led by, read that with me, the spirit. Who was he led by? The spirit was led by the spirit, not, not the enemy, not his insecurities, not his emotions, by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by who? The devil. I want to stop this right now. I want to stop right here. The spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to fast and to go without food for 40 days. And to, at the end of that 40 days, we're going to see to be tempted by the enemy. He was, he, the father was, was, was shifting his hunger and his focus to give him the strength he needed for the next three years because he would change the course of history, your history, my history. It's the reason when somebody's lowered in the grave too soon that you can say, I will see them again. It doesn't feel good now. He changed the game and the father knew he needed the type of focus and hunger to stay with it. And the Bible says the spirit led him, the father led him into the wilderness. And he didn't do no partial fast like me. 40 days, we would be dead or crazy. And then it's, it's crazy. The Bible's funny. I like Matthew, I would slap you. He says this, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Well, I'd, I'd be murdered. My wife murdered me, all of them, all the kids. They'd gang up on me, Cyril, because I would be the last one to flip out and they'd kill me for not flipping out. And it was after that that the enemy came to him. And do you remember what happened? Because he is at his weakest physically. Because the enemy didn't come to try to tempt him and, and, and sow discord into his life until after the 40 days. Remember that moment, my favorite moment in this is when the enemy says, hey, here's some stone. I'll turn this stone to bread if you'll bow down and give it up to me. And you remember Jesus' response, he said, because he's at his weakest physically. Oh, he's hungry. Oh, you ain't gonna feel good to shift your hunger. He's hungry. But he's at his strongest and clearest spiritually when he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. This man is literally starving for some food and he speaks to a temptation to, and you get them every day. You get on social media scrolling, you got some stuff that you're like, man, this is just not cool. You, have, you are more skeptical now than you were two years ago. I can speak that for almost everybody, probably everybody in this room. And what did Jesus speak when he began to shift his hunger? He was clear. He said, 
The enemy, he said, man shall not live by bread alone. I don't live by the food. I don't live by the things that I appreciate. I live by his presence. He was clear. He had shifted his hunger. And here's the thing. Do you know where he drew that strength from? Because I want you to get this because most people don't in fasting. He shifted that hunger not by what he sacrificed, but by what he replaced it with. It wasn't the fat, it wasn't what he fasted, it was that he fasted because you can lose weight. You're gonna lose weight if you really do a fast. I mean, even talking about fasting a meal a day. Well, I don't know what you're gonna do. You're gonna lose weight, but we don't do it to lose weight. That's not what gave him the strength. What gave him the strength is what he replaced it with. He utilized, he, he used the wilderness, the loneliness, and, the, and, and that time and hunger to shift his hunger. He began to invest in his father. That's all that was around him. Sometimes you need to be broke up with so that you can find yourself, young people. Because you remember when Jesus taught the parable where he talks about cleaning out your house and it says seven more demons come back stronger? See, we love to talk about setting boundaries with people. We love quoting all these memes. I see it all the time. We just setting boundaries with people. It's not what you clear out of your life. It's what you replace the house in your house. Man, you can start, you can start making changes and redecorating the room, but what do you replace it with? Addicts, listen to me. Addicts, people like I'm in recovery. No, you just traded addictions and religion can be an addiction. It will kill you just like meth will and alcohol will. It is not what you sacrifice. It is what you replace it with. I've been through some things in my life where I was angry. I was hurt, but I had to choose. What am I going to replace it with? I can't stay here. And Jesus shifted his hunger. It wasn't the strength that came from his father wasn't what he sacrificed. It was what he did with the time and the hunger that he was sacrificing. You can clear your clutter all day. I want to see what you replace it with. Oh, I'm going to do this and do this. What you going to, let me see what you do when you do that and after you do that. Let me see that integrity then. Shift your hunger. Jesus drew strength. He drew strength. Social media. Fast it all you want to. It's what you do with that time. You may have peace fasting and sacrificing social media for a month, but peace it and why you do the fast. The presence of God is why you do the fast. I'm, hey, I don't care. Hey, do your little social media thing and, and fast it and then go read something else that's, half, uh, that's either unproductive or secondary. It don't do any good because that's not why we do it. Man, it's all by all means take a break from social media, but fasting, it's just dieting. It's just taking a break from the craziness that is social media if you're not replacing that with some stuff that is going to shift your hunger. Tell somebody, say, shift it. Shift it. Shift it. Strength happens as you shift your hunger catalyst. Strength will happen. I can't even speak to you the strength in the seasons of my life in the last five to seven years that I have had nothing but him. I couldn't hide from some of the stress I had. And I had, to, I had to decide, what am I gonna replace it? What am I gonna replace in my house? What am I gonna replace? This is your house. This is your house. Shift your hunger. You got some sadness in your life? You, you, you're skeptical? Shift your hunger. Strength happens as you shift your hunger. Say favor. Say favor. Favor happens as you shift your hunger. Favor happens as you shift your hunger. Man, Esther in the Old Testament, man, she was amazing. This girl, um, this girl, God put her in a position of authority um, to save the nation of Israel from a, from a plan to destroy the nation of Israel. And she got, she, she got all the favor to get this husband, and the husband was the king. I'm kind of paraphrasing all this. 
But to be able to save them, she had to confront her husband while he was being king, basically. I'm kind of making this where it's not KJV for you. And so she had to risk her entire life. She could, even though that was her husband, she could be killed for confronting him. She had to have favor with him for him to listen. And she was terrified. Matter of fact, in, in Esther chapter 4, it says this. this there, she, if you keep quiet at this time, Esther... Someone else will help save the, save the Jewish people, but you and your father's family will all die. In other words, I don't have to use you. You can run yourself in the ground. I'm gonna do what I do anyway, but you're invited to this party because I don't need you, I want you, Esther. Esther, and who knows? You may have been chosen queen for such a time as this. I'm gonna tell you, you were created for such a time as this, such a situation as this, such a family as you're in. You may not like them. You may not like the employees you got. You may not like your boss. You were created for such a situation, such a, such a season as this. Every one of us, you were created. And he says, who knows, Esther, you were created for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this answer to Mordecai. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Go. And get all the Jewish people in Susa together for my sake. Say that with me. Say it. Say fast. Fast. Do not eat or drink for three days. Whew, boy. It looked a lot different back then because we some babies up in this month. Night and day, I and my servant girls will also fast. Then I will go to the king even though it is against the law. And I love this. And if I die, I die. Your will be done, Father. Live or die, your will be done. This girl had enough. She got the favor of God. God gave her favor with the king. God gave her favor, her life, to set her up to be the king's husband of an enemy land. And she, that was her attitude. Go fast for me and go fast for me to have favor. And if I die, I die. Your will be done. Favor is for those people who are right or die. Favor is for the people that live or die. God, I'm, I'm not leaving you. I'm faithful. Whether the cancer and sickness stays or goes, I'm in, God. Whether pay raise, pay cut, promotion, demotion. God, shut the door in my face if that's your will. Esther went to the king. She got favor. And that's the reason that we know of Israel today and, and, and not in the history books is because Esther, that woman, had faithfulness. And God gives favor to those who were all in. She said, go fast for me because here's what I'm doing. I need favor, but I'm fasting. We're fasting together. We're growing. We're taking him seriously. God, favor is the faithfulness that come. You want to have favor in your life? Have the faithfulness to say, shut the door in my face. Bust my nose if it's not your will, God. I may want it, but I want your will more. I want it, but I want your favor. Favor happens as you shift your hunger. Favor happens. Favor. Favor. I had favor at Walmart, y'all. Had absolute favor. And I'm gonna tell you, favor isn't, isn't easy and it's not messy. Oh, excuse me, it is messy. Not easy, messy, not easy, messy, not easy. Man, I'm already done preaching my voice out. Mm. I'm gonna have to get everybody all. I'm gonna have to let all the staff off. I can't talk today, and I ain't texting. It won't make sense. Um, had all the favor in the world at Walmart all those years, y'all. 
I was able, I mean, I could tell you so many things. I got to not just be uh, Santa and all those things and get that do out. I got to preach some messages to hundreds of kids. I mean, I got favor. They let me, they gave me so much grace for so many years. But you know what? Favor isn't easy. It's messy. They didn't like it. There were some employees there. There were people that literally were fibbing against me. They were trying to set me up to get fired. I even got a woman who some of her family, I officiated Miss June's funeral several years back. Miss <clears throat> June was amazing. Her family comes to church here when, when they can. And Miss um, June got me in her office <clears throat> at Walmart. And she said, let me tell you something, Ben. She's like, watch your back. Watch your back. She said, because... You do such a good job that people that can't do the job you're doing don't like it and just watch your back because if they can find something, they will. And I, she, that woman loved me enough to sit me down because favor is messy. Favor is not easy. Favor is not favor from everybody and the favor of God is real muddy sometimes. Oh, they won't like you. They'll misunderstand you. Favor, but favor is saying, God, I'm in. I'm all in. Whatever you want. Break my heart, bless my life, everything in between, I'm in. I trust you. Amen. Esther said, hey, if I die, I die, let's fast, let's believe. Do you know that in 2018 that there were a lot more churches that were in a much better position financially to move into this facility and one day purchase it from Southern Hills than us? Way more. But Southern Hills rolled the dice on us. You know Why? favor oh we aren't perfect never have been never will be but we're favor 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 13 months later we were buying this and then hit covid buy the dang facility then covid the whole world crashes rebuild the whole place finances everywhere we're still standing do you know why that is and and better than ever you know why that is say it with me say favor and favor is the hardest thing. But favor is saying, hey, what fasting does is puts you in the position that is, is, is practicing what Jesus preached when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he's about to go to the cross. And he said, if there's any other way, Father. And he says, any other way. I don't want to go to the cross, but I will. He says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. But yours be done. Yours be done. That is practicing that. Say favor. favor. Say favor. Restoration and redemption happens as you shift your hunger. I'm going to tell you straight up, y'all. Tell you straight up. You really want to seek him? You want to do the hard things? I'm about to read you some scripture that I don't read this type much, but I like it, and I like it now more than ever because it definitely, sometimes you got to hurt your feelings to heal your life. Joel chapter 2, the prophet Joel says this, The Lord says, even now, Come back to me with all your heart. Fast, cry, and be sad. Tearing your clothes is not enough to show you're sad. Let your heart be broken. Come back to the Lord, your God, because he is kind and shows mercy. He does not become angry quickly, and he has great love. He can change his mind about doing harm. Go put that on your pipe and smoke it. He says, tear your clothes, man. Tearing your clothes ain't enough. Posting about it, telling it, crying about it, playing victim. I'm just so terrible or, or everybody else is bad and I'm not going to take accountability. He says, no, that's not enough. Be heartbroken. This altar isn't just for people that are believing God. It's for people that are heartbroken. 
I ate lunch with Tyler, who's on this front row this week, and he said, man, it took me several months to get back to the place, and I'm just bringing it all. I, was, I heard, I felt him and Randall uh, crying, like shaking. By that. This isn't just for the people that are in a good place that are praising God. It's for the people that are heartbroken, because God will hurt you to heal you in the places that you've been hiding. And you may can hide from everybody else. You may be able to deceive yourself into thinking you don't need more than what you need and you don't need him like you do. But I'm going to tell you, healing happens for the people that are heartbroken. Healing happens, he says, the prophet Joel says, be heartbroken. This place is for the people that don't want to hide what the crap they're dealing with. Tearing your clothes ain't enough. Feeling bad about it ain't enough. Do something about it. Shift your hunger. Because God will break your heart in order to save your life. And I'm going to speak this straight up. So your excuses, I'm talking to everybody online, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to Ben Bonner right here. Your excuses need to be exposed. Amen. Your hiding places and your coping mechanisms need to be exposed. This is what fasting does. This is how it shifts your hunger. What you hunger for. The Hey, all, all my people, my womenizers in the place. My people that you like men too much and you're, you're lonely. All my, you, all, whatever you're hungry for, whatever insecurities are consuming you, you want to shift it, be heartbroken. Bring it to the table. Your excuses, your hiding places, your coping mechanisms, they need to be exposed. When the Bible says all, all darkness is coming to life, it's not to humiliate you, it's to heal you. It's to shift your hunger. And there's some things you're dealing with some anxiety that you've checked out of life. You've been flaky. You've disconnected. I have never seen so many people in two years that used to be so reliable and they aren't anymore. You need to shift your hunger. And the only way to shift it is you need to be heartbroken. Sometimes interventions don't look pretty. And whether you receive it or not from the people you love, you need to be heartbroken. Because at some point, we have to shift our hunger. And I'm going to tell you what will happen. That's where redemption and restoration happen. God will tear down your entire foundation to build it back up bigger, but you got to be at a place ready to receive it and ready to fill it. Oh, people don't like this type of stuff. This is why people like, they go to churches, other churches, they want them lighter messages. Well, I ain't preaching them. Because this is the stuff that don't penetrate the things that you're dealing with and need to overcome in your life. He says, uh-uh, be heartbroken, y'all. No more blaming, no more deflecting. All I see is people on social media projecting, blaming, arguing about stuff that don't even matter because you don't want to deal with the stuff that really does and you know it does. I'll tell you about it. You know it. I'll have to tell you the things in your life. I know the things in mine too. Telling you, that's where restoration and redemption happens. Sometimes you got to break down the whole thing. I have a close friend, Steve Shoemaker, Man, we got to eat. We got to eat. I wasn't going to tell his name, but he, we ate lunch together recently. And he told me, he said, tell my story. Because I wasn't going to say it. Some of you, if you've been at Catalyst long enough, you probably remember Steve. Steve was rock bottom several years back. Probably been over a decade ago now. We were working together at Walmart. And he was rock bottom. He was done. Drugs. He'll tell you. Like he said, tell my story. They need to know who it is. Done. He was done. He took one. He saw a sermon on fasting. <laughs> he, gave, he gave God one more shot. And it wasn't a half-hearted shot because you can give him all the half-hearted shots you want. It ain't going to change your life the way you need to be changed. You're like, God, I'm doing my part. This ain't a contract. This is an all-in. He took a wholehearted shot. He went three days. He did not eat 
anything. He, he studied the scripture. He worshiped. And I'm going to tell you, over a decade later, that man is not only sober, he knows the word, he's faithful to the word. And I told him this on lunch and he said, absolutely. This joker looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger in his early 50s. And I'm, I shouldn't have said his age because he don't like that, but I'm gonna tell you something. I said, I, I told him this and he was like, amen to me. He would tell you the power and presence of God changes everything and it'll change your everything too. But you gotta do the hard, better shots. Better moves. I didn't say easy. I said better. Say it with me. Say shift your hunger. It doesn't happen accidentally. It happens intentionally. You want it? It ain't easy. None of it. The blessings of God ain't easy. More grass to cut. More money to manage. You're like, man, I ain't got no money. Well, you can't manage the little money you got. How in the world do you expect to manage when God blesses you with more? Shift your hunger and you'll be able to manage it. Shift the things that matter too much in your life and you'll be able to manage more. I'm going to tell you something. This church, as it began to grow and grew too fast several years ago, it almost crushed me. Shift your hunger. Shift your motives. And you got to be heartbreaking to look at heartbroken to see the things in your life that you need to get back to. And that's what fasting does. It replaces what you've been filling your tank with. And it doesn't feel good. But that's where it's found. That's the God. You can shift your hunger. Tell somebody say shift your hunger one more time. Clarity. Ooh, does the world need this? Clarity happens as you shift your hunger. Mm. Nehemiah. Chapter one says, when I heard these things, I sat down and cried for several days. I was sad and fasted. I prayed to the God of heaven. Here's the thing about Nehemiah. So uh, Nehemiah, in his time period, the walls of Jerusalem had been broken down and some of them burned down. So in that time period, a nation couldn't stand without their walls to defend themselves. They couldn't stand. They couldn't, they, they were vulnerable to an attack. And so Nehemiah had it on his heart. God called Nehemiah to rebuild the walls that were torn down. They had been taken over and in slavery. And Nehemiah, God put it on his heart. That's a quick move. It needs urgency, right? But what's it say? It says, um, God put it on his heart. You know, we heard these things. He heard their walls, the walls of his people were broken down and burned down. They need to be rebuilt. He knew he was the one to do it. But it says, I sat down and cried for several days. I was sad and fasted. You know what we do now when God puts something on our heart? Oh, we're excited. We want to make an emotional decision. I'm going to give $80 million to the church even though I got eight in my bank. I'm going to diet. I'm going to diet. I'm going to do it. I'm going to start tomorrow. It's next year. I'm going to, hey, I'm going to use money. I'm going, to, I'm going to do this and this and this. And you make an emotional decision with no plan and no clarity and you end up petering out. Nehemiah got a, got a God-given desire and plan. You know what he did? didn't do? He didn't go try to just figure it out. He prayed, he fasted. You know what happened next? He got a plan, clarity. Days praying, he got a plan, clarity. He took that plan to the king and the king gave him favor and support. You see in here? Favor, support, 
clarity, strength. Where did it happen? I wonder, he ended up rebuilding the walls in record time, 52 days. Wonder how that happened. I'm gonna tell you, not some emotional decision that by next week you don't care anymore because it's emotional. It's just here here today, gone the next and you don't stick to anything because you don't know who you are. You don't know what you want. You just know what you want today and what you hunger for today. Nehemiah got clarity because he sat down, he shut his mouth, he invested in his relationship with God, which is fast shifted his hunger and guess what happened he record time he rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem record time also got this too New Testament church I want to take this New Testament because some of you you need to start that you need to start choosing your relationships that way New Testament church, just for their leadership and their relationships, Acts chapter 14. This is the New Testament church. This is after Jesus has ascended and they have to carry it on. Make no mistake about it. The church is here because of the power of God, but because of 12 people who carried it on. And across the world, it's still here. What they did works. Acts chapter 14, it says this. They chose elders for each church. Leadership, relationships, the people that were gonna, they were going to do life with. It says they chose it. They, it says they chose it by what? Read that with me. Praying and fasting for a certain time. The elders had trusted the Lord. So Paul and Barnabas put them in the Lord's care. The relationships they even prayed and fasted over. I'm going to tell you why. Worse than having no relationships in your life is having wrong relationships in your life. Worse than having, worse than having, um, worse than having no people in the positions you need is having the wrong people in the positions you need in your life. Slow down. I mean, I've learned a lot the last five years and I'm gonna straight up tell you uh, I don't make moves, especially with relationships and, and people that are in that people that are in my life. I don't even make moves on anything anymore. Like if I don't have clarity, I ain't making a move. I'm not dra- There's a difference in dragging your feet. People can say, hey, I'm making excuses and I'm praying about it. No, but I am not making a move based on insecurity and emotion or excitement even. I'm clarity. My single people I got in the place. I got some single people. Uh, listen to me, you need to be single for a while. I got some people that are just out of a bad relationship. You need to be single for a minute. I got some people that are divorced. Listen to me. You need to be single because you wonder, because you've continued to have bad relationships and it's not the people that you're dating. Why do you think you're attracted to the same type of person every time you gravitate back towards a different version of the same dysfunction? Slow down. Be lonely. Choose your relationships wisely. Choose the people that you receive advice and wisdom from wisely. Don't share your dreams with everybody. Have some discretion because some people may not be against you, but they're not really going to speak what you need in a season about the wisdom of what God is going to do in your life. Acts, the New Testament church, they prayed and fasted about leaders of the different churches they planted because it was a big deal. Settle down. Be single. Quit just trying to get me hungry for people and attention. Shift your hunger. Shift your hunger. You need clarity, and clarity comes with his presence. Lastly, chains break as you shift your hunger. Chains break. 
In the New Testament, Jesus healed a father, healed a father, a son that had been sick from birth. He was like, had this demonic activity. He was trying to kill himself and the dad was exhausted. The disciples couldn't, couldn't pray it out. Jesus had to do it. It's that beautiful story where this father is just so hurt. He's exhausted and and, and Jesus says, anything's possible to him who believes. And this father's so honest. He goes, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. And, and Jesus has this beautiful, I'll preach on it sometimes because there's so much more in that passage than I can really get to. But after Jesus heals this son, the disciples are wondering why they couldn't do it. Mark chapter 9, it says, And when he had come into the house after doing the miracle, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. I could go on and on. There's some chains that only God can break in your life. Not a good woman, not a good man, not a good job. There's some anxiety and some mental issues in your life, mental, mental illness in your life, only he can break. Addiction, uh, scars and trauma, things that people did to you or you did to yourself or other people. There's some gaps that only he can close. There's some debt that only he can pay off. And you gotta know there's some chains that only he can break. And he said, guys, this one I had to do. This one you gotta rely on me. Fasting, praying. There's some things in your life that you know, whether you hide them or whether they're out there for everybody to see and you don't want to do anything about them. There's some chains in your life. You need to quit. You need to quit looking at what needs to break and you need to start leaning in and leaning on Jesus. And if you don't, it'll never break. You'll spend your life, you'll spend your life walking with one leg when you could have walked with a two and been whole. Chains break as you shift your hunger. They break as you shift. Your hunger. Proverbs chapter 3. We love to quote verse 5 and 6 together. If you don't know what it is, it's this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In verse 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. But I started thinking the last few weeks. That verse 6 stands alone. See, we added the verses and the chapters. Verse six stands alone. I don't need to, verse five is beautiful, but we always quote it. You put it on cards and all this stuff. Graduation, you put verse five and six. How about verse six by itself? In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he shall direct your paths. All in. You want strength? You want favor? Change the break. Redemption, restoration. First, you got to want him. Not the benefits, because a lot of people benefit from the gospel, but are you bought into it? In all your ways, acknowledge him. I preached on this message for a reason. I'm glad you heard me. And online, it's between you and God if you act like you didn't watch this message. We're going to seek him. We're going to acknowledge him. Starting in February, we're going to have a fast corporate together. I challenge you to be a part of it. I don't know what that looks like for you. You need to pray about it. Pray about it with your spouse. I don't know if it's a meal a day or if it's sweets or if it's a full-blown fast. If it's, I don't know what it is for you. Social media, I don't know. If it's social media, I'm gonna tell you, you still can get on and share the video because we're reaching people even if you ain't getting on social media. Your problem is getting on the toilet and your neck, legs going numb looking at all the ridiculousness. It ain't that. 
I don't know if it's screen time. All my young people, listen to me. Yes, you can play with your friends over a headphone, but you know what you can also do? Dig into the Word, seek the Lord, and actually have some face time with the good relationships in your life. We're going to have a fast. We're going to do it together. It's individually. It's for you. It's for you and Him, but together. And I challenge you, every one of you, to pray about it. I'm preaching this two weeks before for a reason. Or I guess over a week. Yeah. Oh, something like that. Anyway, I don't do good with numbers. It's a fast. What's that look like for you? Think about it. Think about it. What is it? Our staff is going to do it. I've already, I told them several weeks back because we do not do anything that we will not, that we do not ask you to do anything we won't do. We're going to do it together. I, I, I challenge you to include your family, your spouse, your kids. Garrett. My 13-year-old's doing it. Y'all, it's a praise Jesus miracle. He's not going to eat sweets for the entire month of February. That's like some real stuff right there. That man likes sweets. I ain't going to go that can't crack jokes. I told him, month of February, he's going to read the book of John. We're going to talk about it together. Angie and I are going to fast. We're going to have more conversation about him. We're not going to go to bed tired. I don't know what it looks like. Well, if we do go to bed tired, it's going to be after talking about each other and, and him talking about our relationship with him and our marriage and our life with him and bigger than anything it needs to be about you I don't know what it looks like get up earlier stay up late for me I'm gonna be getting up earlier every day even my days off I'm getting up earlier because I want that because remember it's not about what you sacrifice it's about what you replace it with for you lunch breaks you need to be more strategic quit going to this gossip gossip station at your workplace won't you go to the scripture why don't you go and start preaching? Why don't you start praying to him and saying, God, I know what I want, but I want what you want. Why don't you start being intentional? Better shots, better move. I told you, you want to grow, you're going to grow. And if you don't, you won't. Fast. Fast. I don't know what it looks like, but we're going to do a fast together. We're going to be intentional. Better shots, better move. We're also going to be more intentional as a church. Because we want to help you in the month of February to, to that space that you created to invest in him and your relationship with him. So on February 6th, we are going to have more worship. I'm going to dismiss the service. Anybody who needs to go, wants to go, can go. And we're going to, the band's going to do a whole, new, a whole different set. We're going to seek him. We're going to worship. Online, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, we ain't, go, we ain't running live. Our tech team's going to be worshiping. That's something you're going to need to be here for. Or you can just watch the recording live. Again, we're creating space, man. It's not about what you sacrifice, it's about what you replace it with. We're gonna worship together because we don't, I don't just get up here trying to get you to hype it up like Will Smith does because he's the best hype guy ever. I do this because I'm hyping it up because we have something to get hyped about him. And we're gonna worship, we're gonna invest that time and hunger, we're gonna reinvest it in him. We're also, um, um, gotta stay to my notes here. Also, next week, we're going to start. We're gonna, before we even start this fast, next week's the last Sunday of the year. We're going to have a baptism straight up. We already got, we got a lot of catechids signed up next week for baptism. It's a beautiful thing what God's doing there. Oh, my people, I want to tell you one thing. Catechids amazing online. Bring them kids. They wearing masks. Bring them. And I promise you, I won't be over there. So you definitely got every reason to bring them now. We're going to do baptisms. 
We've had a lot of people in this church that have begun to grow and you've grown a lot. And you know that if your next step is baptism, you know it's time for you to not care because when you love Jesus and you're committed to him, you don't care what everybody thinks about you or what they think you're doing it for or not doing it for. We're going to get in that baptism, that baptistry next week. We're going we're gonna to celebrate people going all in. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Say all in. Whether it's you, your family, you, just you, your kids. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know if you're getting baptized from a recommitment, first-time commitment. We're doing it. There's a sign-up when you go out of here today at the information station online, our Facebook post. There is a link for you to sign up. We will call you. We will reach out. Next week, we are going all in. We gonna, before we start this thing, we're going to start this thing. You know if it's been on your heart. If we need to do it a different day, not on Sunday, that's fine. But I'm challenging you to do it on Sunday. We're going to make it happen because we celebrate commitment. We don't just want to help you grow. We want to help you celebrate growth. That's what baptism is. Tell somebody, say all in. All in. I don't want to talk about this much, but February 27th, that Sunday, we're going to uh, officially end the fast and we're going to have an ice cream party after church. I'm not going to talk about that now because I don't want to do ice cream very long because we're talking about fasting. We'll get closer to the ice cream. It's going to be a time for you to connect. Stay here and actually connect with people too. And then also there's one more thing. Say all your ways. All your ways. I'm going to tell you one of the things that has grieved me at Catalyst over the last several years, seeing people grow and being faithful in every part of their life. And you can be faithful in every part of your life, but if you're not faithful financially, you're really not being faithful. All my guests, I want you to know I'm not talking about this. I got you, but I'm not talking about for here because we don't ask people to give here unless you believe in it. I have seen people that have been faithful in every area. If you're not faithful, you can give in all your ways, acknowledge him. You can give him your marriage. You can give him your kids. You can give him, he will not grow what you do not give him. You're like, I just don't have much to give. Start somewhere. If you are a part of this church family and you need, you need to start giving, if you stop giving at some point, you need to restart. And I'm, I'm, that's before you. Love month, we're making it the whole month because we are going to acknowledge him in all our ways. You're like, I just don't have much to give. Well, you never will until you start somewhere. Never will. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. I'm challenging you. If you're a part of this family, you either you start giving or you restart giving. I don't know where you're at. I don't pay attention. I'm not talking to one person. I'm talking to everybody. I'm preaching the principles. Jesus talked about money more than anything because it's the hardest thing to let go. Here's what Jesus, I left my wallet back there because you've been not liking the bulge in my pocket and I was actually going to use it today, baby. Just pretend this is my big old wallet. Jesus said, this is where your heart is. Your treasure and heart. He didn't say your marriage. He didn't say your hands. He didn't say your Bible reading plan. He said your treasure, your bank account, how you're doing. And so we're going to next month, we're also going to do love month. Here's how it's going to work. If you are giving and faithful, or your cat of him in general, everybody, I'm asking you to pray about giving, giving above and beyond in February. If you're guest, I don't ever ask you to give. I will say this, give somewhere if you're new here and don't truly know much about it or aren't invested. Take February. Hey, we're here every Sunday. Give somewhere. Sow seed. The, the Bible says you harvest what you plant, period. And so love month, we're gonna, I'm gonna challenge everybody to give above and beyond their normal tithe. We're doing it the whole month, not one week, the entire month. 
So you don't have to, so whatever works for you. I'm not saying you do that every week. Whatever works for you. If it's one donation, a little bit each, each week. Well, I don't know. Some of you, I know you could double what you get because you make plenty of money. You just don't manage it well. And that's a part of what you need to take better shots. And we are going to also be more intentional as a church because I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to us. We're going to get 50% of that love month offering. We're going to get 50% of it away to missions and other various ministries. No church does that. We're doing it because if we're going to make big moves, you got to make, you got to have big moments. I've done this in my life. I preach it, but now I'm not afraid to preach it. I'm not, I'm, I'm not afraid to. And so I'm asking you, pray about it. What's that look like for you? We're going to do it the entire month so that you can do whatever works for you. If you're not giving, start giving. You need to start giving. Go ahead, let's roll with it. But also think about love month. It's going to be an awesome time. We're going to be generous. We're going to be generous. Will you stand with me? Dorinda, will you come on up? When I was a kid, started thinking about this. COVID, um, COVID changed everything, but it also got us back to the things that don't change. Just thinking as a teenager, I was a kid and teenager I used to get in my room and I can I can see it right now the hunter green carpet I hate green because the 90s ruined green for me hunter green everywhere houses carpet final siding it's like yeah but I remember in a tough season of my life just or you know I was connecting with God then and I remember singing the song we're about to sing and worshiping I mean I was 13 and just bawling on my knees, Lord, I need you, I need you, I want you. And COVID changed some things. It changed some things. But it got us back, or it can get you back. It's an opportunity to get back to the things that don't change. Worship, intimacy with Him, the presence and power of God doesn't change. The altar's open, but we're going to start this thing now, worshiping. Setting the precedent, resetting the precedent, up in the game, I don't know. But we're going to sing this together, this song, Something About the Name Jesus, that I remember just bawling as a 13-year-old, a chubby, annoying 13-year-old. Y'all ready to worship? Altars are open. Can we get some prayer team on the edge of the stage for anybody that needs prayer? Before we go out of here, let's worship. Y'all ready? Let's worship. Something about the name Jesus. Something about the name Jesus. It is the sweetest name I know. Oh, how I love the name Jesus. Oh, how I love the name Jesus. It is the sweetest name I know. Oh, how I love the name Jesus. Oh, how I love the name Jesus. It is the sweetest name I know. Oh, how I love the name Jesus. Oh, how I love the 
name Jesus it is the sweetest name I know cause it heals it restores it sets free the captives what a sweet name I know Speak the name Jesus Jesus, Jesus It is the sweetest name I know Oh, how I love the name Jesus Oh, how I love the name Jesus. It is the sweetest name I know. I challenge you this week. When you're going through something, when you can't hear his voice, when you're fasting, when you're at work, when you're driving in your car, when you're crying because the day has just went to crap and you're like, Jesus, where are you? Speak his name. There is so much power in the name Jesus. Every tongue has to confess, every knee has to bow. Use the authority that he has given you with his name, Jesus. It's the sweetest name. It can bring peace and healing and restoration and a new beginning for you. I love you guys. Y'all have a great week. I think Miss Tara is gonna come up and talk for a second. Thanks for listening. We'd love to know your story. Let us know how this message impacts your life. You can message us at info at imcatalyst.net. We're here for you and we are for you. If you have a prayer request, you can message us at prayer at IamCatalyst.net. To keep up with what's going on at Catalyst Church in Carrollton, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Jesus cares about you. We care about you. And we hope you join us again on the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast.